we've been dealing with a subject and i want to welcome everyone that's watching online this morning everyone of course because of the restriction all the members are online so i want to appreciate everyone that is online this morning and i hope um the live stream is very smooth this morning i, I know there's been little technical hitches before now but hopefully i hope you'll be able to um follow all through to the end of the service so we are looking at a series this all through this month looking at the subject of love so we're running a series this time supernatural love overflow and pastor has looked at very in-depth and if you've not um, listened to those messages you can go to our youtube channel or even our facebook um, page and look at those messages and listen to them the first one was on god's love the second one was enjoying the power of spousal love last week and today we're looking at enjoying the power of brotherly love that's what we're looking at today enjoying the power of brotherly love praise the lord praise the lord so please if you've not listened to the messages you can revisit those sections where we looked at god's love and looked at um spousal love and today of course i believe you're here with us or you're going to listen later we're looking at enjoying the power of brotherly love is it a subject of love in the body of christ maybe it's not very clearly understood or it's not very um well weighted maybe the importance that's supposed to be attached to it is not really rendered to it it's not really um attached to it yet we have it on the screen so we're looking at um brotherly love today or love around brethren praise the lord so the subject of love maybe is not um is a bit under um maybe I, I wouldn't say undermined but i would say maybe a bit underestimated or underscored it's not as much it's not seen as much as it should be seen in the body of christ today yet it is the very fundamental aspect of christianity is the very thing that initiated christianity in the first place but today it's not being understood or the level of the degree of importance that should be accorded to it is not is is being undermined that degree of importance is being undermined and it should not be so because love is the very thing that credited christianity love is the very essence 
that brought you and I here. And we're going to look at it today from the angle of brotherly love. And why that should be. And what is the essence of that? Praise the Lord. So the Bible says, I know we have Hebrews there, chapter 13. But if we can bring 1 John chapter 3, maybe let's start from there. I know I didn't give that scripture, but things can just shift. Maybe 1 John chapter 3. We still, everything is still in order, but let's look at 1 John chapter 3 first. You know, if you look at Psalm, don't go there, but if you look at Psalm 133, the Bible talks about how good And how pleasant, the Bible says, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren, the Bible says, to dwell together in unity. God was saying how good in God's perspective and in God's sight. Credit is given to a degree of love that exists amongst brethren. To the sight and to the perspective of God, it is a wonderful thing. It is a wonderful thing for brethren to dwell together in unity. So it underscores a, an emphasis of spiritual relationship much more than that of even sibling or family relationship. The Bible says, how good. The emphasis to a, is to a degree in the sight and in the perspective of God. Because, you see, God is love personified. It's an entity called love. It's an embodiment of that entity that is called love. So he said, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. The Bible says it's like he likened it to the oil upon the head. He said that unity is like the oil upon the head that goes down to the garment. He said to the beard of Aaron even to the garment on his body. Why that analogy? Why that comparison? Why be metaphoric in that explanation? He said, it's like the oil that goes down Aaron's beard. Over the head, rather than goes down to his beard, then, then to, 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 to the garment. Because, you see, Aaron was a symbol of unity. That held Israelites together before God. 
was the priest over the entire nation of Israel. And it was the oil that God told Moses to put on Aaron that made him a symbol of unity in the realm of the spirit, spiritually to everyone that ever was born in Israel, physically. So the Bible says that that's the degree of that unity that is sponsored or sustained by love is to that of the oil over the head of the priest. And the Bible likened it again to the dew of Haman that descended upon the mountain of Zion. That is the church. Now Aaron is a representation of the priesthood and you are a priest. The Bible says we are royal priesthood, a peculiar people. And then, he says, it's like the dew of Hammon that descends over the mountain of Zion. That is the church. And the Bible says, it is there that the Lord commanded his blessing. His blessing. And he said, that blessing is life forevermore. It is there that the Lord commanded his blessing in that unity, in that love. If we look at John chapter, first John rather, first John chapter 3. If we look at first John chapter 3, the Bible says from verse 11, Can we try to project that if that is possible? First John chapter 3, verse 11. The Bible says, For this is the message that you heard from the beginning. He said, This is the message you heard from the beginning. In fact, I started from 10 by saying, In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. So, when you see an individual, you can tell by the culture of his expression. You can tell whether he is the son of God or the son of the devil by a culture of, of, of the, 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 that individual exhibits the bible says in this the children of god and the children in words he said in this we're going to see what that referral is in this the children of god and the children of the devil are manifest he said whoever does not practice righteousness is not of god and nor is he who does not love his brother So anyone that does not love his brother, the Holy Ghost is saying it's not of God. Same way, in same category of someone who does not practice righteousness. The Bible says they are equated together. Now the Bible says, for, for this 
verse 11 is the message that you heard from the beginning that you should love one another he said this is the message you heard from the beginning the beginning the time that the plan of salvation was initiated that's what john is referring to here at the beginning that the message you heard from the beginning is that for god so loved the world that is love that initiated the salvation so he's going somewhere he's saying if this love is not seen in your life then it means that you don't have association to the to the plan that initiated the system of love in christianity it means that if your life if your law if your life does not conform if there's no conformity in your life with love that comes from god not the love that exists between a brother and a brother. Not the one that exists between a husband and a wife. No, not the non-stocky pipe. Pastor talked about the four types of love in the first day of series here. About stocky, talked about filio, talked about eros, then talked about agape. It's saying here that if your life does not conform to the initial message, to the initial plan that initiated the love of God, then then is saying that then it's something that is worth reconsidering now he says in verse 12 not as cain who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother and why did he murder him he said because his works were evil and his brothers righteous hmm he said, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one. Remember, Cain had um, the love that existed between a brother and a brother. Feel your love. Cain had it. But the Bible says, Cain was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Say because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. That he said in verse 13, do not marvel, my brother, if the world hates you. you. Say, for we know, verse 14, we know that we have passed from death to life. We know that we have passed from death to life because we do what? Because we do what? That's the only way we can ascertain that we're not hell bound. That's the only way we can ascertain that we're Christians. So the only little test to test to validate Christianity of any individual is use love as a parameter to test. See if there's a thermometer and you put on him thermometer of love if it goes be you know less than 50 percent then his christianity should be queried 
The Bible says we know that we are passed from death to life. He said, because we love the brethren. So, if love is absent, it means that we're no different from Cain, that mother is brother. That's what the Bible is saying. That's what John was trying to bring out. He said, because we love the brethren, that is the only validity that we're Christians. The only validity that we're Christians is that we love the brethren. Now, something here is very scary. Something here is very scary. The Bible says, he who does not love his brother. Can we read it together? He who does not love his brother. The, 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 the previous verse, please. Yes, it says, he who does not. Can we read the one to go? He who does not love his brother. He didn't say was abiding. He didn't say will abide. Look at the verb. What's the verb? Abides. It's a present, continuous, perfect tense. Is that correct? In the diction of tenses, it's present, continuous, perfect tense. He said, he who does not love his brother abides in death. What does he mean? He means his prayer is an abomination before God. Because the Bible says that the prayer of a sinner is an abomination before God. The only prayer God hears from a sinner is God have mercy and save me from sin. It means that he cannot have the ability to demonstrate the capacity, the wondrous works, the signs and wonders of the Holy Spirit. It means that there's no eternal life. The life from God cannot be manifested or be expressed through him. 15 says, whoever hates his brother is what? Whoever hates his brother, verse 15. Whoever hates his brother is what? A murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. You see that? So no mother has no and the Bible says the one that hates his brother. This is spiritual brother here. Yes, family involved, but even more so is a spiritual relationship. The emphasis is more on spiritual relationship. Remember, they came to Jesus and they said, your brother and your mother, they're outside, they're looking for you. You remember that in scripture? And he said, he turned and asked, who are my brothers and sisters. Is there anyone that aligns with the wheel and does what God says? Is the one that is my brother and my sister. And the Bible didn't tell us that he went outside to meet his physical, biological brothers. 
So the Bible is saying that for us to experience a dimension of God, love is a basic requirement. Love is a strong requirement for us to demonstrate the ability of God. That's why he said how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. Praise the Lord. Now can we then go to our scripture? Hebrews chapter 13. That's why Hebrews 13 verse 1 it says let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1. Let brotherly love continue, it says. And verse 2, he said, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. He said, Remember, the prisoners, remember the prisoners as if chained with them. Those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. That means he's saying here, I, I'll show you. Can we, I, I'll come back to this. I, I'll show you what he's saying. Can we open John chapter 13? In our earlier scripture reading, Pastor Lola led us powerfully in our scripture reading. And that was John chapter 13 and we read from 21 John 13 remember don't forget where we're coming from Hebrews 13 it said let brotherly love continue now John 13 if we look at verse if we look at that 21, if we start from 21, uh, uh, we just have a few emphases from this particular um, area we're reading in scripture. We're not going to read everything. We're going to just take verse 21 first, John 13 verse 21. When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in his spirit. He was troubled. Hmm. And testified and said, most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Jesus was troubled in his spirit. One of the key things that troubled Jesus was that he could find an absence of love in one of the disciples. He could find that if this individual should continue with the disciples after I'm gone, it will be very difficult for the gospel to advance. The Bible says, once Jesus saw that in the spirit, he became troubled. He knew that any Christian or someone that confessed to be a Christian who lacks love will sabotage the interest of the kingdom. He knows. 
He knows that he will sabotage the interest of the kingdom. And the Bible says Jesus was troubled in his spirit. And he said, most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Hmm. Verse 22 says, then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. Verse 23, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter, therefore, motioned to him to ask who it was of whom he spoke. And the Bible says, then Jesus leaning back on, then leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is he to whom I shall give a bread of, a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Verse 27. Look at what troubled Jesus. Verse 27. Mm. Now after the piece of bread, Satan entered Judas. And Satan entered him. You see what troubled Jesus? Because Jesus knew that what happened that he knows about Cain and Eben, Abel was about to repeat itself again. Because it was the devil that entered Cain and he slew and killed his brother. The reason the Bible says anyone that does not love his brother is like Cain and is a murderer. The Bible says and Jesus was troubled because Satan was at the door of the heart of Judas to enter his life. And the Bible says Satan entered Judas. Then Jesus said to him, what you do, do quickly. He was now addressing Satan in Judas. Not really Judas. Because Jesus knows that this one, once his presence is in the life of a man, there's an absence of God. And that individual will be capacitated to carry out the will of God. Now look at what happened in verse 34. Once Jesus observed that, he then issued a new law. Verse 34. Same John, verse 34. 13, 34. Now 34 says, a new commandment I give to you. Can we read that together please? Want to go? A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as what? Stop. Number one, he said it's a new commandment. It's not a suggestion. That means it's a law to be followed. And he said, if you love me, he said, do what? Do my commandment. Not pray my commandment. 
Mm-mm. Not love my commandment. He said, if you love me, he said, do. Validate the love by acting on what you know. The Bible says, if you know the scripture, he said, happy are ye. But if you do them, he said, blessed are ye. These are two different things altogether. Two parallel things. Is it happier ye when you know the scripture? But he said, Blessed are you when you do them. That's the same chapter in verse 17. He said, If you know the word, happy are ye. But he said, If you do them, he said, then that is when you activate the power to bless you. So he said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Hmm. The emphasis is as I have loved you. How did he love us? Let me explain this. Maybe if that's the only thing we got today, I think the Holy Spirit has ministered to us. How did they love us? The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, while we did not merit his love, why everything about our lives were contrary to him, why? We were yet sinners. A people that were not worthy. People that had no recognition or honor or respect whatsoever for him. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That is how let me show you. How did he love us? Can we open up Isaiah 51? Isaiah 51. Let me show you something. Let me show you how he loved us. Is it 51 or 53? 50, 53, sorry. Isaiah 53. Let me show you how he loved us. Isaiah 53. The Bible says from verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. Now verse 7 he said he was oppressed. And he was afflicted. He didn't do anything. You know, in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. You know, peacemaking has to do 
with ability for oneself to relinquish his right for the benefit of another. Is that correct? So he said, blessed are the peacemakers because peacemakers, they would give anything to ensure that the kingdom will advance. He said, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. Peacemakers relinquish their rights and privileges just to support other people. They don't mind being judged. The Bible says he was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He could have defended himself. The Bible says he was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. The Bible said he was taken from prison and from judgment. Who would declare his generation? He was in denial. That was how he loved us. He did not respond. Though he had the ability to. Remember when Peter drew his sword. Cut off his ears. The ear of one of the attackers. He said no. No. He said I have authority. I can command legion of angel right now. But he chose not to. Because he was under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He was governed by the will of the Lord. His thoughts, his mindset, his thinking, everything was subject to the influence of God's Spirit. Remember, he knew exactly that he would be in denial of judgment. He knew exactly that he cannot defend himself, though he's got the rights. He went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed. He first of all wanted to say, mm -mm, this is very difficult to do. I don't want to go in there. But the Holy Ghost said, no, there's an agreement. You've got to do it because of them. You know, if you don't do it, they all will be destroyed by the wrath of God. And after that conversation, the Bible says his blood, his sweat was as thick as blood. He said, okay, let us go. Lord, let your will be done, not mine. And the Bible said the angels came to minister to him. Plus the Holy Ghost to tell you the intensity of the difficulty of that sacrifice for law, for the sake of law. That's why he said, a new commandment I give to you. That you love one another as I have loved you. You see the degree? The Bible says, he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who would declare his generation? The Bible says, for he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of the people he was stricken. It's an extreme sacrificial lifestyle. That's what Jesus said. A new commandment. I give to you. And this new commandment, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot manifest it. You cannot express it. You cannot live it without the help 
of the same one that helped me to manifest my love to you. You cannot express it without the love of the, without the help rather of the Holy Spirit. He said, the Bible says, and they made his grave with the wicked or with the rich at his death because he had done no violence nor was any deceit in his mouth. The Bible says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. But the Bible says, he shall see his seed. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. Who are the seeds that he will see? You and I. He did it so that he can see his seed. So that it can be replicated in his absence. And he says, if we go back to that John 13, he says, a new commandment, a new commandment, So a love-filled life and a peace-filled love is often hard won. It comes at a very great cost. Very great cost. Jesus sacrificed his life. He sacrificed his life. I wrote something here. I said, the commandment, the new commandment to love brethren presses us beyond our human inclination and capacity to reciprocate love. In other words, your human capacity cannot produce the love Jesus is talking about. And I said, here again, Christ's new instruction to love brethren is not that's what called quid pro quo. It's something you get in an exchange for something. Favor or an advantage granted in return or in exchange of something. It's a Latin word. I said Christ's new instruction to love brethren is not a quid pro quo battered, manipulative, and facsimilates kind of love. But love expressed from God's kind of love. Regardless, because God loved us, regardless of our weaknesses and strength. He loved us regardless. If you're looking to get something in an exchange of your love, mm -mm, that is how the world loves the world loves when they can get something in exchange. But in Christianity, quid pro quo doesn't work in Christianity. That's why it's sacrificial. That's why Jesus said, remember, there are still those he died for, he sacrificed for, till today, who yet have not given their lives to him. Is that correct? The love still stays. It does not invalidate the love. 
the law still stays. Because every other thing will fail. The Bible says, whether there be tongues or prophecy or faith, it will fail. But love never fails. It's a spiritual entity. That's why he said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Hmm. That you also love one another. Verse 35. That's him, John 35. 13.35, please. That's him, John 13.35. Now he says, can we read it together? I want to go. By this, all. By this, how many will know? All. So when, how will the world know that you're Christian? Through what? The expression of this kind of love. That means, he said, by this. What was he referring to when he said, by this? It means, a kind, an unparalleled culture of love. That when someone sees it, he will know. That this one, this type of love expression is not possible under human category. So he said, by this. So when I see a certain culture of love that is infrequent, a matchless culture of love in display, I know mm -mm, this one is not. Someone has asked me that question before. Someone that hurt me so badly when she needed help. She just only sent the text and I responded to that text. Just to what she needed. She called and said, what type of person are you? you see, this is where, when they tell you Christianity is difficult, this is where it is difficult. The difficulty of Christianity is this sacrificial love. And unfortunately, that's the only validity that we're Christians. Unfortunately, that's the only validity that we're candidates of heaven. Because the Bible says, if anyone does not or negates to live in this sacrificial love, he abided in death. See, this type of love was not possible even while Jesus was with the disciples. It wasn't possible for disciples to demonstrate. It was not. You could see one uh, brethren who carry his brother come to Jesus. He said, Granddad, myself and my brother will sit at your right hand. Forget these other guys. You would always see them. Peter getting angry over things because he feels he's, he's the closest. So, everybody was for what they would get. But when the Holy Ghost was poured afresh, what happened? Because Jesus said, this thing I'm telling you, you will need to ask for. You will need to ask for support in my name. That's what he said. And whatsoever you ask in my name, I will do it. And in that John chapter 14 verse 16, he said that you need the help of the Holy Ghost. He said, and I will ask that helper be released to you. Let me read it to you. 
Verse 14, 14, 14. We are still in that 13, 35. 14, 14 said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Then 16 said, and I will praise the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Because if that helper does not abide with us, it becomes impossible to live this kind of sacrificial, brotherly love life. So Jesus said, by this, by this, that means if you are able to conform to this kind of lifestyle, if you're able to conform to this level of sacrificial transformation that occurs in the life of anyone that calls himself a believer, he said, then when they see it, did you know? Did you notice after the Holy Ghost was poured on the disciples, the Bible says they were in Lystra and they took note of them. Did you know that? That these people have been with Christ. Did you notice that? He said they took note because Jesus said by this love. They took note. Remember, the Bible said they could not say that anybody owned anything after the Holy Ghost was poured on them. Chapter, chapter 4. Remember, they shared everything in common. Sacri that is very difficult today in the church, unfortunately. But the Bible says, Jesus said, by this, all we know that you are my disciples. By this, by this, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith. By this, so, you see, when you are following a Christian, a pastor, a bishop, whoever it is, the measurement to validate this Christianity is love. If he manifests grace of God, if he demonstrates the power of, of the Holy Ghost, if he shows signs and wonders, but you can question his love life. Mm -mm. I will ask, where is he coming from? Because Paul said, imitate me as I. Eh? So in other words, be watchful over my life. Each time you see my life aligning with that of the kind of Christ, follow. But when there is digression, stop. Follow me as I. So anytime there is a digression, do what? Put a pause. Ask me, what is going on, brother Paul? Bible says, by this, all. How many? All. All will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Look at this. Look at the next verse. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow. Where I am going, you cannot follow me now. But you shall follow me afterward. Meaning that you don't have capacity to leave it now. But later, when the Holy Ghost comes, you have that capacity. Hmm. And Peter tried it. Because, you know, one of the brethren we love is Jesus. Do you know that? 
Do we know? <laughs> One of the you don't know Jesus is your brother. Hmm. Uh, I, I'll show you. The Bible says when he raised, when he was raised from the grave, they came to touch him. He said, No, mm-mm. cling not unto me. If you look at John chapter 20, he said, Cling not unto me. For he said, But go tell my brethren. Is that what Jesus said? Is that what he said? Oh dear, dear, dear. Okay. Let's look at it. John 20 and verse 17. He said, Jesus said to her, do not, sorry, media, don't, don't bring this, I didn't give you this. Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Does that make Jesus your brethren? He said, go tell my brethren. Okay. I think I gave this one to, to, to media. Um, Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, please. Hebrews chapter 2. You know, I love my Bible. That's why I love hard copy. Because if I use um, the electronic copies, I would then struggle to begin to find things when I want to, when things, you know, when I want to show things that are not uh, pre-planned. So, um, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse, if we look at from verse 10. Hmm. Hmm. Verse 10. The Bible says, For it was fitting for him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Now, verse 11 says, For both he, not this, for both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are what? For which reason he is not what? Ashamed to call them what? So is Jesus a brethren? Is he a brother? He is. So we are meant to love him. We are meant to love him. This, you see why that in loving him there's a lot of sacrifice. That same love is what we show to our brethren. He is one of our brethren, Jesus himself. The Bible says he's not ashamed to call them brethren. That's why each time we gather he comes. Hmm? He comes. See, when you stand there to worship, he worships with you. You don't know? Look at verse 12. It says, saying, I will declare your name to my brethren. So when you stand worshiping, and people are following, Jesus is worshiping alongside. He said, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of where? Assembly. I will praise. I will sing praise. To what? To you. In other words, through the worshippers. Through the worshippers, the praise ascends. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
The Bible said in verse 14, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. That through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. The Bible says in verse 16, For indeed he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to who? The seed of Abraham. Verse 17, Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like who? Like who? In verse 17, Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like who? His brethren. That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for sins of the people. So we ought to love Jesus the same way. So that is why if we love him, it becomes very easy to love the brethren. You see that? So the love flows. If we love him the way he loved us, is one of the brothers, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. We love him. It will be very easy to love the brethren. But finally, finally, we read a few scriptures from Roman and we are done. Romans chapter 12. The Bible says, hmm, it's one of my favorite scriptures. When anybody calls me and complains, oh, he did this, she did this, oh, this, that, 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 that. Brother I heard from a faithful brother, something happened between him and his wife. He called and said, his divorce is sin. I just picked something immediately in the spirit. I said, you've never asked this question before. Why that question? He didn't want to say, I said, no, I perceive something. Talk. Then I said to him, where is the love of God? Sin. Paul said, Christ had to cleanse the church, purify the church, cultivate the church, now presented the church back to himself, a glorious church. Looking for a perfect person? You're joking. The sacrifice is that you've got to put up and bear all those discrepancies. Keep praying and keep building her until she matures. She gets to that point, she would, she would express exactly attitudes and behaviors that would not create an issue again. But you need to cultivate who you want to see. You have to cultivate it because that's what Jesus did. Made the church feel to dirty. Embrace the church. Cleanse the church. What is the church? The Bible says about the washing of the water by the word. And then presented the church back to himself. A glorious. By the time he was done with the church, the destiny, the transformation that happened, 
converted the church to a glorious church. It was a filthy one before. And the Bible says in verse 18, Romans chapter 12, if it is possible, if it is possible, as much as it, as much as depends on you, is to live peaceably with all men. If it is possible, meaning that flesh cannot live in sacrificial love. Mm-mm. No. No. That, that, that flesh is what negotiates. That flesh is what gossips to put one down so that you can be up. That flesh is what wants to silence the husband or the, or the wife. That flesh is what creates for self-love. You know, when I see that thing on Facebook every time, self-love, I love myself. That is selfishness. That is flesh. That is the spirit of the world. It's not the Holy Ghost. Self-love is selfishness. It's the spirit of the world. That's why people hold money in their account. Somebody's dying and they cannot help. Self-love. The Bible says, if it's possible, meaning that flesh cannot execute this. If it's possible, as much as it lies within you, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. 13 verse 8. Romans 13, 8. He says, Oh, no man, oh, no one, anything, except what? Except what? To love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Meaning that the life of God will be expressed in full, in totality, through you. But the Holy Ghost is saying that is impossible through human flesh. Let's look at... um, Romans 8 verse 9, uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 5, verse 5, just to show you. Romans 8, 5 to 9. It says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because, verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. Do you see it? The carnal mind, self-love, the carnal mind is not subject to the law, to the law of God. Because the Bible says, oh, no man, nothing but to love one another. And if you live in that atmosphere, say you fulfill the law. And the Bible says that the carnal mind fights it. Carnal mind cannot submit to it because it is not subject to God. The Bible says, so then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. See that? So, so those who are in the flesh cannot, not may not, not might not, but cannot please God. So, it means that we're going to pray this afternoon that any fleshly desire that's impeding the full expression of God's love in our lives, God will kill it. 
whether you're online or you're here. No, we're quite few in here because of the restriction. Because of we're following government guidance. But if you're watching online, I know so many of us are watching online. We're going to pray. Anything that is impeding the full expression of God's love in my life dies a natural death today. Because the Bible says, so then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But verse 9 said, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of the Lord dwells in you. The Bible said, now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Enjoying the brotherly love. Two scriptures and we pray. The same Romans chapter 8, verse 12 and 14. He said, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, the Bible says you will die. The same thing. John said. The same thing. That whoever that hates his brother and does not live in love abideth in death. And the Bible says the reason for that is flesh. And it's saying here that therefore brethren we are debtors to the not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if we live according to the flesh, we shall die. Is this physical death? No, a spiritual death. We won't be able to manifest anything of God. Though we call ourselves Christians. Say, but if we by the spirit, by the spirit, but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, he said, you will live. Then he said, for as many as are led by the Spirit. As many are led by the Spirit. We need to be empowered. We need to be empowered. We need to be empowered by the Spirit. That's the only way. Physically, humanly, this is impossible to do. Brotherly love, no. No, sir. You can't live in this kind of sacrificial love with human strength or human ability. No way. No. That was why when Dorcas died, the woman that's called Tabitha in Acts of Apostles chapter 9, the Bible said they sent for Peter. Peter abandoned everything. Arrived in Joppa. Went into the room. That woman, the Bible says she had good deeds. She showed love. She lived sacrificially. The widows, to tell you the power of sacrificial love. That even when you're dead, sacrificial love has ability to call you back to life. The Bible says, and Peter arrived. Put everyone out. The, the Bible says, they, sh- they were showing all her good works. The widows were showing how she's been a blessing to them. Because of that, because everything can fail, but you see love. It doesn't fail in anything. No. When you live in love, I know it's not being wetted as it should today in Christianity. When someone comes and he can speak in fairy tongues and say, ah, that one is deep with God. 
Someone comes and he can manifest the, the power of God. He can prophesy, look into your life and tell you, that, you know, God is the, this is what has happened. I know your village. I know your city. I know even how you dress your bed this morning. Say, ah, that is God. But when a brother comes and shows sacrificial love of God, he said, mm, well, it doesn't really have anything. So what else would he show? It's not really weighted well, but it should not be so. Because if you have everything, but you lack love, the Bible said, you're like a sounding cymbal. No virtue. Nothing. And you are not worthy of divinity. Can we rise to our feet as we pray? <laughs>